That's one. Said I need two. That's all I have. I'll flip you for it. This is full of cocaine. Yeah, this needs to be submitted as evidence. Yes, right, absolutely, sorry. So, what do you want to do? You want me to rob a drug dealer for you? Rob a drug dealer? Um... I just want to put a tail on him. If it's a dead end, so be it. Because whatever they're bringing here stays here. Nothing goes out. They do the drop-offs in the back, but where does it go once it's inside? Makes you wonder, doesn't it? I haven't heard anything from your department about this. You just reached for my phone? Yes, I did. In a suspicious manner? No, I wasn't, I swear. I would suggest that you're here under the auspice of illegal activity. I'll give you $100. Okay. All right. Someone built a safe in the back of a grocery store, and we found it. Precisely. How do we, you know, get it out? Hello. Yeah, hello. Einen der so bored. Der Typ muss im Bankraum sein oder sowas. Ja, voll cool. Where'd you stash the van? Please don't be it. Please don't be it. Please don't be it. Something like this is worth doing if you can keep it quiet and simple. The way you just said that right now, that's kind of cool. The vault door isn't that old. Messing with it runs the risk of the fail safes. Unless we want to hire professional safe crackers. Which we don't. Which we don't. It's caught open it. Are you sure? Hello? What you're saying is we drill down through the floor of the apartment. That's right. Okay. You know the drill. <laughs> Can't do this. I don't know where we are right now. We're in the heart of the American dream. Welcome to The Complete Works, an in-depth look into the career and filmography of Nicolas Cage. My name is Mike Smith, and joining me on this journey into the depths of true cagedom is my friend, co-host, and fellow cageaholic, Mike Tricia. How are you doing today, Mike? Today is a, it's a brand new day. It is a, I'm doing great. Yeah, it is a momentous day. It's like a, a renewed day almost for us. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure is uh like we were saying this episode of complete works uh kind of marks a new era for the podcast uh as some of our listeners may know mike and i are no longer a part of filmbook.com uh we announced this on our final episode of film bookcast which was our massive review of avengers endgame three and a half hours long <laughs> um, oh my god it was, it, it, it was more of a, a marathon than it was a podcast <laughs> I yeah, think. basically. <laughs> um, but it was a big one, and we had a lot of fun making that. So that was our final episode of Filmbookcast. And you might be thinking, well, if that was your final episode, then what are you still doing here? Well, that's because we're still do- we're still podcasting. We're still doing things. We're just not a film yeah. anymore. <laughs> Come on, you think we were ever going to stop doing this? Exactly. Obviously, we're still podcasting because you're listening to this right now. Uh, Mike and I are joining a new podcast network called Rapture Press, where we're going to continue to do the complete works and launch a new podcast called Mike and Mike Go to the Movies, uh, which is like a revamped version of what we did with the uh, film bookcast. Uh, and we're definitely excited about that. Uh, but we had to keep complete works going because, you know, we're, we're, we're so close to the end here. <laughs> uh, we couldn't We couldn't have spent four years of our lives doing this and then with 15 movies left or whatever it is just stop <laughs> exactly that, 
that's not possible. I know. We're so close to the end. We're probably going to finish this podcast by the end of 2019. That's, like, crazy to think oh, about, God. considering how much time we've spent watching Nicolas Cage movies. Uh, so as far as this podcast goes, things are going to be pretty much the same. We're not really revamping too much, um, but you'll have to probably subscribe to a different feed on iTunes or Google or wherever it is you get your podcast from, uh, which if you're listening to this right now, you've probably already done. So great. Uh, Good job. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. You still get to listen to this. Uh, <laughs> so let's keep that Nicolas Cage train rolling, Mike. We now enter the year 2016, just three years ago. Uh, and we're talking a movie I actually really wanted to see when it came out, but I never did because I knew we'd talk about it on this podcast eventually. We had already started this podcast at that point. Yeah, we've passed ourselves. We, we have, did it. Yeah, we've passed ourselves. We were probably on like Peggy Sue Got Married or something at this <laughs> at this point in time. Do you uh, remember those days, Mike? Back back in the good old days, man. Those those <laughs> the eighties of the Cage eighties were a very good strong decade. I got to say, there was yeah. a lot of good movies at the start of this podcast, and uh, not so much anymore. But <laughs> the important thing is. We have passed ourselves. We're in 2016 now, and the movie that we're talking about today is a crime thriller slash dark comedy that pairs Nicolas Cage with Elijah Wood, and it was called The Trust. Now, there's uh, not much about the backstory behind the making of The Trust online, uh, but I think the experience of watching it plays out a lot differently than most of the other direct-to-video Cage thrillers. At least for me. It just feels like, as soon as you turn it on, it's like, oh, this feels like a much more well-produced film than most of those other movies. (laughs) (laughs) It's got, you know, a tight and pretty funny script, uh, some interesting cinematography, a pretty great cast, like just a pretty wide ensemble cast here. Uh, And one big thing to note is that The Trust features Jerry Lewis as Nicolas Cage's dad, and it's actually the last film Jerry Lewis shot before he died a year later in 2017 oh man what a i I hate to say what a waste but (laughs) i mean he's only in this movie for like less than a minute basically that's Uh, true yeah but apparently he and nicholas cage had been friends for a very long time uh and it was cage's insistence that got jerry uh in this movie why am i not surprised that that nicholas cage and jerry lewis were like best buds that's incredible yeah so it's one of those things once you hear it's like i've never heard that before but also it makes perfect sense (laughs) yeah it's a brand new sentence but i believe it yep now the movie was the uh, directorial debut of sibling directors alex brewer and ben brewer and so far it's their only film uh they used to work on uh, music videos before this uh ben brewer co-wrote the script with adam hirsch and uh, nicholas cage stars in the film as lieutenant jim stone a las vegas police officer who enlists a younger cop to help him pull off a heist that younger cop is, of course, played by Elijah Wood, uh, best known for Lord of the Rings, obviously, and who also ended up being a producer on Mandy with Nicolas Cage uh, a couple years later. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. A little connection there. Honestly, a season of the complete works on Elijah Wood's career, I think, would be a blast. Like, I, I was just, I was wow. thinking about that and, like, you know, he's had such a weird career post-Lord of the Rings, you know, where it's like he kind of just had that Lord of the Rings money and he was able to just do whatever he wanted. <laughs> That's... Actually, and I took you know I took some notes, and my first note is Elijah Wood's post twenty ten career must have been a dream. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's just doing whatever he wants. Absolute insanity. He could you know star in a low rated FX TV show about a talking dog for <laughs> for four years, uh, and also pop up in cameos for The Hobbit. He started that remake of Maniac, Grand Piano, Mike. I mean, come yes, on, yes, I some remember. Great shit, some great shit. Uh, now, of course, the heist uh, does not go as planned, because if it did, there would be no movie. Uh, and 
you know how heist movies usually go. Uh, uh-huh, go on. And the two end up uh, actually kidnapping a woman in the process, uh, who is just credited as the woman, by the way. Her character is, that, wow. is, that is the name there. Uh, and she's played by a singer-songwriter, Sky Ferreira, who also played Baby's Mom in flashback sequences in Baby Driver. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she, oh, by the way, she also has a great version of uh, Easy by the Commodores on the Baby Driver soundtrack. It's really good. Uh, as mentioned, Jerry Lewis plays a Cage's dad and is probably in the movie for like less than a minute total. From there, you've got Ethan Suplee from My Name is Earl and uh, Kevin Smith movies as another <laughs> as another detective who's a total psychopath. <laughs> um, yep. He's in like two scenes in this movie and they're both insane. Uh, you've also got professional poker player Kenna James as Captain Harris. Uh, Kevin Wiseman plays a guy named Roy who Cage is looking at security tapes with. Uh, people might recognize him from Alias or uh, Marvel's Runaways, uh, but he also appeared in bit parts in The Rock and Gone in 60 Seconds, uh, making that a triple Cage reunion. He was basically an extra in both those movies. Uh, so this time, in fact, <laughs> he finally got a speaking role in this one, which is yeah, kind of nice. Moving on up. Exactly. And finally, Stephen Williams, known for his role on the uh, 21 Jump Street TV series and uh, the X-Files, where he played uh, Mr. X, plays Cliff, the uh, security guard who shows up and Elijah Wood has to convince him to leave during the job. Uh, The Trust actually premiered at South by Southwest, Mike. uh, (laughs) In March 2016, before hitting a video on demand a month later on April 14th, 2016. If you weren't watching The Trust that weekend, maybe you were seeing Jon Favreau's remake of Disney's The Jungle Book, which opened that weekend. uh, Which won the box office, and of course we reviewed that movie on an old episode of Film Bookcast, which you can go back into the archives and uh, dig up if you are so inclined. Uh, You could have also been seeing Barbershop The Next Cut, which was the third (laughs) entry in the uh, esteemed Barbershop franchise. Uh, Who could forget it? <laughs> or you could, you, or you could have seen a criminal, which was a very badly reviewed thriller with an amazing cast. I, I, I remember seeing a poster for this movie. I did not realize how many people were in this movie um, when it was in theaters. Uh, Kevin Costner, Gary Oldman, Tommy Lee Jones, Gal Gadot, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> it's a huge cast what? for a movie that no one remembers. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, now, the IMDb plot synopsis for The Trust reads, A pair of cops investigating a drug invasion stumble upon a mysterious bank vault. Uh, so, Mike, what were your overall thoughts on The Trust? <laughs> Wait, first off, shout out to that IMDb plot synopsis. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is a very bare bones uh, plot synopsis. You are correct. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. All right. What are your overall thoughts on The Trust, Mike? Um, the trust is an absolute blast. I could not believe like what this movie was going for. Like, like I had no idea what it was about or anything. All I knew was a crime thriller with, uh, Elijah Wood and Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And I didn't know it was going to be so funny. Like this movie is such a dark comedy. Oh yeah. It's, oh my God. I was like about five minutes into it. I was like, Mike's going to love this movie. Uh, Just that opening montage of the cutting back and forth between Nicolas Cage's morning routine and Elijah Wood's morning routine. Yes. With, like, the prostitute and smoking his weed and Cage is, like, shaving or whatever and being all prim and proper and (laughs) Elijah Wood sneaking into the crime scene late. Uh, (laughs) And and I love that uh, they're the, like, evidence cut guys. Like, they're not – I don't think they're even actually detectives. Um, Right. They're, like, the guys that run the evidence chain at, like uh, – chain of possession or whatever it is um 
in charge of collecting and cataloging all the evidence. Yes. And they take it upon themselves to try to be like super cops and then be criminals instead. Uh, <laughs> and it's so good. It's just like, what a goof. The whole movie's a goof. It's great. <laughs> I, I love that you love this movie. That's, uh, you know, yeah, it's like, so What rare. a surprise. Like, I feel like I, I am very lenient on a, lot of, on, a, on a lot of the movies that we review, <laughs> almost out of like Stockholm Syndrome or something. But you're always yeah, one right? who like, brings me back out of it, you know? Yes. <laughs> so when you like something, I'm like, oh, wow, this movie might actually be good. Um, yeah, I thought the trust was very solid. I, I don't think it's the best movie we review by any means, but like, it's just a really tight thriller. Let's Cage go weird with it, um, which is yeah. always fun. Uh, it's peppered with very dark comedy, uh, some very cool shots. It has a pretty wild, like, what the fuck ending uh, that I'm not entirely sure what happened, but something happened. Uh, it's got yeah, something definitely happened. Yeah, it's got Ethan Suplee playing Russian roulette. Like, what else do you need in a movie? You know, that's <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just great. I mean. Uh, Cage is just like, oh my god. He's just bonkers. Like, straight up bonkers. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, I think what I... What I liked about this, it really has like aspirations of being like a Coen Brothers movie for a little while, right? Yes, it, it yes. feels like it's going for that Coen Brothers esque like comedy crime thing, and then it kind of gradually, like towards the end of it, kind of becomes more of a normal dark crime movie. Um, mm-hmm. But it still has twenty moments. Just the first half is like funnier than the second. I think when it like really goes like, just I think the process of them getting into the ice is there's so much like funny stuff there. <laughs> Yes, you know, yeah. There's bits where it's like, um, there's, there's one bit that made me laugh a lot, which is there, um, Elijah Wood, like, lays out their, the entire map in tape <laughs> on the, uh, on, like, a ch- on, like, uh, you know, the ground, and Cage shows yeah. up, and they, like, discuss it for, like, 20 seconds, and then they're done, and he's like, this, so that's it? He's like, yeah, this took me four hours so <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. put, to put this uh, whole thing together, and then he just, like, kind of rips it up from the ground, and, like, that's it. Uh, <laughs> but look, a lot of it is just like that, where it's like you know, kind of doing like serious crime movie stuff, and then they just they have a joke line where it's just like, all of this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it reminded me a lot of um, the other most recent Elijah Wood crime drama thing that I can think of, or crime comedy. Uh, I don't feel at home in this world anymore. I got a little bit of that too. Yeah, yeah. Where I think I'm just like so, so I'm just so happy for Elijah Wood. You know, man, he's great, like, man. <laughs> He's just killing it. He's just living his best life, making weird fucking movies. Um, <laughs> Taking that Frodo yeah. money and going nuts with it. Um, yeah, that's yeah. what you got to do. Exactly. I got to, I got to Vegas on a Friday, and we had Saturday and Sunday to rehearse. So it was me and Nick. I mean, the majority of the film is the two of us, which was an absolute treat. He's an actor I've wanted to work with for so long. I've so long admired him, and he honestly did not disappoint. It's one of those things that I will cherish for the rest of my life. But we had two days to rehearse, read through the entire script, and get a sense of what our dynamic is. Because so much of the film sort of hinges on our friendship, the chemistry that the two of us share. And I was so pleased to see that it just kind of came to life immediately, and we both found an ease with each other very quickly. Um, And I tell you, man, like, even week four, I would look at him and be acting opposite him and have these out-of-body experiences where I'd look at him and be like, holy fuck... That's Nicolas Cage. It's so insane. I never lost that. Like, that sort of childlike awe and wonder. Um, I adore that guy. appreciate that? I think, I think he knows how I feel about him. Uh, and, of course, Elijah Woods paired with Nicolas Cage. Uh, what did you think of Nicolas Cage in this movie? You've already mentioned that he's bonkers. Yes. Uh, straight up bonkers. This is, uh, I think, one of my favorite uh, late late run uh performances from Cage. Yeah. Just because it's, it's everything that we want him to be, right? Like... We he's there's freakouts, there's bizarre voices, bizarre line readings, like just yes. it's 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 hitting all the great the greatest hits 
of Acadish performance. But in this kind of like direct to video, I don't care anymore era, uh, that's like really nice. It feels refreshing uh, <laughs> for me, <laughs> where I've been feeling like kind of just like Ugh, I'm over it a little right. bit. Um, and this is kind of like a throwback to to you know some like. Uh, Oh my god! I always forget the name of the Lobster Claw movie. What's the fucking uh, Lobster Deadfall. Claw? Deadfall. Deadfall. <laughs> like it's a throwback to that kind of <laughs> Deadfall or or uh, Vampire's Kiss era kind of performance. Um, right. But it's it's fifty five year old Cage instead of twenty five year old Cage. Right. Yeah. I think he's great. he's great in this movie. Uh, and I think what's interesting about it is that I think it's a very like it's a different kind of weirdness than you usually see Cage playing. I think like yes, there's the freakouts and stuff like that, but it's more of like a low key like oddness. To yeah. his yes. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it actually it really reminded me of um, his character in Kickass. Um, <laughs> as yeah. uh, Big Daddy when he's not in costume when he's just like the normal father talking like you know hanging out with uh, Chloe Moretz uh, and it's just he has this like very like awkward mannerisms and it's like you know really dry line readings uh, and mm-hmm. he just feels very stiff but also like you know very like like you're saying like kind of proper almost and like polite and everything but also has yeah. like, very, like intense darkness about about him in this movie <laughs> uh and yeah it's it's a really fun time uh watching him do that and i think he and elijah wood play off each other really well uh with elijah wood kind of as a straight man to cage uh is cage's like weirdness uh to him and i kind of yeah. i would kind of like to see like a whole series of movies with these two guys if the movie ended in a different way <laughs> Oh Obviously, <laughs> if the movie ended with both of those characters alive, I could have seen like a whole series of movies about uh, these guys trying to commit crimes and failing. Like. <laughs> that would be my favorite cinematic universe of all time. <laughs> yeah, in particular, that that just them playing off each other. That the scene in the casino or whatever, where they kind of like Cage plants the seed, or were they at the strip club? Maybe even I think actually. Oh yeah, uh, I think they're at just a bar. But like he, Elijah Wood looks over and sees like some guy getting a hand job. <laughs> Um. <laughs> he's like, but he just—he's just eating still. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but where Cage keeps trying to get the the waitress's attention, and he's just trying to order a coffee and a yes. water, and just like if you think about that in a bar or like a strip club, it's like the two cheapest things you can order. And they just she just keeps ignoring him and won't bring yeah. his coffee. It's like the best. Uh, that's great. And honestly, he kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. Uh, and, like, the early seasons yeah. of Breaking Bad as Walter White, where Walter White is that, like, you know, polite, well-mannered guy, capable of extreme darkness. Uh, there's even one point where he, like, uses science to create a makeshift bomb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a very Walter White thing to do. But it just, it kind of felt like that, uh, you know, that guy who's, like, you know, seemingly normal guy. Like, you know, not, like, not the most popular guy in the world or anything. And, like, everybody kind of looks down on him. But, like, he kind of just goes off the rails and becomes insane kind of kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of like if this if this had if this was a TV series, it would probably be something like Breaking Bad. Absolutely. That's a very good uh like comparison to make. Where especially where he starts and where he ends up. Yes. Uh Cage's character follows that that uh that that arc, <laughs> the Walter White arc of just that goofy <laughs> Dumb guy with the big mustache uh, to like dark m- murderous criminal, exactly. which um, <laughs> is pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. So, how, how do you think this role fits into the roles that we've seen Nicolas Cage play in other movies, Mike? You know, it's another Vegas movie, which is nowhere yes. near as many New Orleans movies. <laughs> right. But Vegas is number two, I think. I had that. I had that written down too. We're back in Vegas, probably the second most seen Cage location <laughs> yeah. after New Orleans. Like, I, I was thinking, like, oh yeah, honeymoon in Vegas, leaving Las Vegas, Con Air, Vegas movies, but then. Somebody else pointed out, I think it was on IMDb Trivia or whatever, but Wild at Heart, next, also Vegas movies. Yeah, there you uh, go. So this, is, this I, I believe, is movie number uh, six in the uh, the Vegas cage, or no, movie number seven 
No, wait. One, two, three, four, five. Yes, yeah, six. Movie number six in the Vegas Cage cinematic universe. <laughs> wow. There you go. Uh, which is probably a lot more in the New Orleans Cage cinematic universe, but uh, Vegas not far, not far behind. But I feel like no. the New, all, the New Orleans, all the New Orleans ones happened within like a three-year span of each other. <laughs> Of each other, and also Zandali, <laughs> and also Zandali, yes. Uh, and then, but the Vegas ones are like throughout his entire career, you know. Yeah, uh, right. and, I, and I mean, Cage, I believe, just uh, he must have like some kind of house in Vegas or like an apartment in Vegas or something. He, sp- he spends a decent amount of time there. He just got married in Vegas and then divorced <laughs> like a day later. Whoops. I'm sure you saw that. I did. <laughs> that yes. <story. laughs> it's one of those things where at this point, anytime Nicholas Cage does anything, people that I people I know send me the, those stories. <laughs> yeah, about Nicholas Cage. <laughs> I've gotten a few of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was a big thing. Like at the that happened like a month ago at, at the office when it, like I kept getting like forwarded like that same article over and over again. <laughs> and, then a day, and then like a week later, he was like drunkenly singing "Purple Rain" at a karaoke bar. Yes, I got that I one saw- too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's so, to you, Mr. Cage. Oh yeah. Um, just, just for future reference, we're not reviewing his karaoke performance "Purple Rain" on the Blue Works anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, we could, fair. we could. <laughs> I mean, it technically was filmed, I guess, but like. <laughs> It'll be a very short episode. It will. Uh, <laughs> but as far as other movies go, <laughs> this reminds me of, uh, it sort of reminds me of Matchstick Men, just in that kind of like neurotic, kind of weird goofiness that he has. Yeah, I um, see that. That Cage's character has throughout this. I don't, I don't think it goes as far into like the uh, like neuroticism that that character had in Matchstick yeah. Men. Um, in particular, uh, the scene, it's in that same, like, uh, you know, is that guy getting a handjob scene? Um, yeah. With the, like, Tabasco on a lemon slice. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. the moment where I was like, I think I love this movie. Um, <laughs> I, and I really hope, uh, I guess we'll never know, because you said there wasn't much, uh, like, backstory on this movie. I really hope that was one of those, like, I need snake hands, uh, like, improvised cage <laughs> like, moments. Yes, cage, just making stuff up. I Honestly, I feel like a lot of this stuff was cage making stuff <laughs> yeah. up. That's what it seems like, right? <laughs> like, I, and I, you know what? Even if it's not, I choose to believe that it but is. There's, there's one moment in the movie where Cage is wandering around with sunscreen all over his nose. <laughs> it's that, yeah, that scene when they're in the inside in a warehouse with the the thing the floor plan taped down yeah that's the, the, during the floor plan scene and like he's just wandering around like he's rubbing sunscreen on his face at the beginning of the scene and then he just wa- like just this blotch of white sunscreen and they're, they're inside it's like you said, <laughs> it's amazing uh yeah and it's, it's stuff like that and so it's just weird mannerisms throughout and they're all stuff that like you would never think to write it into a screenplay so it seems like it's, it's all stuff that cage improvised uh, yeah. Which is awesome. I love that. Uh, and in terms of like the mannerisms, I mean, yeah, Kick Ass reminded me of it. Uh, of, of, of his performance in this movie reminded me of Kick Ass. I think in terms of the mustache, also Kick Ass. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and yeah. Raising Arizona and World Trade Center. It's very rare that we get a cage mustache, but Ooh. when we do, it's glorious. Uh, That's a good point. <laughs> uh, I also think the heist element of this movie uh, reminded me a lot of Stolen, actually. You know, mm-hmm. although in that movie they're under the vault and melting li- gold into a liquid gold or whatever the ridiculous right. thing was happening in that movie, uh, and in this movie they're on top of the vault uh, trying to explode their way into it. So it's you know it's slightly different, but it's kind of the same premise where they're trying to get into a vault. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. It's a heist movie, exactly. Also, Cage playing Dirty Cop, much like a Bad Lieutenant Protocol New Orleans. Uh, That's true. Yeah. yeah. So definitely, uh, there's a lot of connections to uh, Cage's past in this movie, which uh, you know, I don't. I, I don't think I realized going into it uh, we were going to see all that stuff. But yeah. Uh, now, what are the moments or scenes that stood out to you in the trust, Mike? Well, so I sort of. I think the, the one the most is the one I've talked about a few times, so I won't talk about that. But the scene that made me be like, like blue, like totally cha- change the course of this movie is yeah. the uh, like weapons deal. 
Uh, oh yeah, Cage is trying to buy some guns and he's playing or buy a gun and he's playing it off like oh, I'm just a darky a guy with a mustache and he doesn't know what he's doing and he like loads a single bullet into the revolver and kills the arms dealer guy. Yes, and just like takes every takes all the guns and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like what is happening? Yes, and that's when you really get the sense like okay, Cage is insane. Like you, like, yeah. you, get, you get the sense before that like you you think he's like a quirky character. Who's like just gonna try it out with this crime deal thing that's going <laughs> right. on, right? And then um, up at that point, that's like probably like a third of the way through the movie, maybe when that yeah. when that happens. And then at that point, you're like, oh shit, okay, so he's literally insane. And then the rest of the movie kind of plays into that too. He uh, ends up when they show up at the because uh, what they have to do to get into the vault, there's like people living above it for some reason. Um, <laughs> Yeah, above the store that has the vault, I think. Yes, exactly. So they're living above the store, and so they have to go into that apartment uh, to dig into the vault, essentially. So they uh, get in there, and they find the two people living there, and they kidnap them. And then when Elijah Wood leaves the apartment, the guy, the, uh, there's like the, a man and a woman, and the man spits on Cage. And when you come back, when Elijah Wood comes back, the guy's dead. And, <laughs> and Cage, right. is, Cage is like, he charged at me. I don't know what to do. So he killed him. Um, but it's clearly like he just killed him because he could, because he's, because <laughs> he yeah. spit on him, you know, it's, and that kind of thing. And then you have that other scene where the, uh, the security guard shows up, um, and Elijah Wood goes out to talk to him and to talk him into leaving, uh, but Cage is like always aiming at the, aiming the gun at him the entire time and that kind of thing. So there's always, mm-hmm. there's stuff like that throughout the movie, uh, as soon as you get to that point with the arms deal where it's like he kills that one guy and it's like, okay, shit, Nicolas Cage is insane. Great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it turns it from, like, like you said, like this kind of goofy, like, uh, bumbling criminals romp yes. to, oh no, this is actually a very dark and violent movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that said, I think my favorite moment in the movie uh, is when Cage uh, calls the German guys, using a German accent. <laughs> Um, and I, I, the guys who like made the drill or something, like something along yeah. those lines. Uh, and so that he calls those guys who build the drill they need, and he says something to the effect, and he says like, "Oh, we're gonna need this thing for." The, and he's you know speaking speaking in German, but he's using a thick German accent. Uh, mm-hmm. And the guys on the other end of the line say something like, yeah, "He's probably a, a robber." And the guys like, "Yeah, so cool." <laughs> <laughs> and they just give him the they like you know place the order for the drill or whatever. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, they're like they know exactly what he wants to drill for, and they're like, "Wow, that's awesome!" <laughs> and then when the like other woman walks in on Cage, and he's talk like it's like a whole. Oh, it's so good. Yes, that whole scene is so goofy. Yes. Uh, what other scenes stood out to me? Uh, well, there's, there's the big uh, Cage freakout scene in the vault, uh, which, is, oh, uh, which yeah. is pretty incredible. That's the uh, the scene where he shouts, "Open it! Open it! Open it! Open it!" Like 45 times in a row. Jim, the hunter's down. David. Please open it. I asked you nicely. I'm sorry. Look, if, if you're scared, I get it. It's okay. But I'm not. And and I've I've come this far. So please open the door. You'll get killed. I'm going to ask you one more time. Please open it. I can't. Open it! Open it! Jim! Open it! 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 So that's great. Honestly, that whole sequence where they get into the vault and, like, you know, Elijah Wood doesn't even realize, like, 
like what they're stepping into kind of thing. He had, like he sees like diamonds and stuff, and he says something like, "Where are we?" And Cage has this line, he's like, "We're in the heart of the American dream." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah go nuts um and then yeah i think elijah wood starts to realize like you know shit's not as as good as it seemed and so cage starts yelling at him and he starts shouting open it open it open it open the vault and that kind of thing and then you know things escalate from there <laughs> but that yeah that, that is a, a really nice cage freakout like a, a really good late period nick cage freakout it's a classic one it reminded me a lot of um oh man what was the movie where he's like screaming you're a rat or something. It was, that was very a, recent. I believe that was Rage, Mike. And, uh, really? you know, the Spice yeah. Dog and Rage. <laughs> he is still just Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. You're correct. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's all. <laughs> and I, yeah, I got nothing else to say yeah, now. Fair enough. One, <laughs> once I derailed the podcast with the with the Nicolas Cage rage joke, it's it's over. That's it. Uh, yeah, there's no coming back. But yeah, what did you think of uh, how the movie handled uh, Sky Ferreira's character, the uh, the woman that they kidnapped? Surprisingly, uh, I feel like kind of well, right? Like I feel I was very afraid for a little bit. Yeah. Now that after we know Cage is unhinged uh, and he kills the guy, I was like, oh no. I don't want bad things to happen to her. And then um, she figures out, like, she's got a plan. And she figures out, she gets Elijah Wood to give her the phone. And then she right. figures out how to get her hands un, uncuffed from the bed or whatever it is. Uh, and, and sees their faces and stuff. Um, yeah, she seems pretty capable. I want to, let's go follow her for the next movie. <laughs> yeah, I, what, you know, that, that, a lot of that kind of came out of nowhere. It, it's, a, it's a very bonkers ending, I think. This movie has a very weird ending. Uh, because, okay, so it ends with uh, Elijah Wood killing Nicolas Cage, right? right. They, they get into a shootout, and Elijah Wood has, like, you know, second thoughts. He has doubts about this whole thing, and he wants to back out of the entire thing. Uh, he kills Cage, you know, kind of takes the woman out of the house and, like, puts her in their car, their minivan. Um, <laughs> which was a great, yeah. that was a great gag when um, Cage showed up in their getaway vehicle, and it was a minivan. The, the back door slides open, uh, <laughs> like, electronically. That was great. Yeah. Um, but he puts the woman in the minivan, and basically what happened, like, halfway through the movie is that the woman uh, says something to the effect of, like, uh, you know, my son is uh, home alone. I need to call his father to, you know, watch him and stuff. And Elijah Wood, being the kind of good guy, like, you know, still, like, dipping his toe into the criminal world, but still, like, having a moral conscience, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he gets a phone, and he, like, uh, ha- asks her what the number is to dial. Um, and so she gives him a number. And then he gives her the phone, and she says, and you see her conversation where it's like, hey, I need your help, and that kind of thing. And it sounds like it's her talking to the father of her son, trying to take care of her kid. And then at the end of the movie, after he puts uh, the woman in the van and he's giving her the speech, he's like, listen, if you do what I say, you'll be fine, you'll live, I'm going to drop you off at this place or whatever, and I'll, I'll leave, and you'll never see me again, that kind of thing. Uh, and then this, like, brown van shows up in front of his car, and he notices that the phone number on the back of the van which is painted there is the same phone number as the one that she called before yeah (laughs) and then the van door opens whoever's back there shoots elijah wood he dies (laughs) sky ferreira jumps up to the front of the car uh you know steers it and like stops the car and everything gets into the brown van that's the end of the movie that's how it ends (laughs) that was so crazy yeah and so i i had so many questions i was like wait is she like part of some kind of there's got to be some kind of weird criminal organization that she was a part of or something like, like yeah that we don't that we know nothing about the movie didn't allude to at all 
there's there's a whole universe of of questions that uh, that the trust poses in its last five minutes, and then it goes with a, a Raiders of the Lost Ark final shot with the uh, the drill they use getting locked away in the ev- in the evidence locker. <laughs> yeah, and you, right. And it's I like, didn't even think of it's that. It's like panning away, and you see all the other different ev- evidence things from different crimes and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, it's just one story out of thousands that has happened yeah. in Las Vegas and that kind of thing. And it's like, all right, I'm not sure if it did enough to earn that Raiders of the Lost Ark ending, but I'm still so confused by. <laughs> by everything that had just happened. Like, it barely registered. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I thought about it. You think about it a little bit. Uh, so they uncover the diamonds, right? And they go back upstairs into the apartment, and, and I don't remember exactly the order, but they uncover a huge stash of guns in the apartment. Cage has brought enough... That's the moment where Elijah Wood is like, wait a second, you're going to pin this on me because you brought enough bags to take all the diamonds and all the guns you knew this was here right um is when this like deeper conspiracy comes uncovered and they question the woman about like like what are all these guns for and she plays like she doesn't know right uh i think she must she's obviously involved in whatever thing is going on because then these hitmen show up um (laughs) but that moment was so fucking like actually really tense when he's driving and he's giving her the speech and you see the car pull up in front of him a car pull up next to him, and then yes. he looks in the rearview mirror, and there's a car behind him, like boxed him in so he can't move. Yeah, and he starts to put together what's happening, and he's like, "Who? Like, who'd you call? Who is this? What's going right. on?" And then he just gets blown away, and then he gets uh, shot, and it's like, "Holy shit! What's just like, <laughs> like, yeah, like it just and it ends on that note, and it's like there's a whole there's a whole movie out of her, <laughs> out yeah. of whatever organization that she's involved in uh, <laughs> that you're just not seeing with that." <laughs> Uh, and on the one hand, like, it, it sort of feels like it comes out of nowhere. On the other hand, I kind of love it. Like, I kind of love yeah. that there's, like, just that absolutely insane thing that I know nothing about that I'm like, wait, <laughs> I need to know more about this. And I probably won't ever know more about this, but, like, I need to know more. <laughs> uh, I kept thinking a lot about this uh, while I was watching this movie about um, Dragged Across Concrete, which has got nothing to do with Nicolas Cage. Uh, right. <laughs> but, but it's another movie that's, like, about this kind of, you know, cops in the underground, uh, underworld kind of thing with, yes. like criminal conspiracy stuff and i was like man this is so much better than dragged across concrete uh, and it's this dumb hour and 20 minute um, like dark comedy with elijah wood in it um yeah i don't know and then the, just the the van with the shootout and the stuff like that that's what reminded me of that interesting so. yeah i have not watched dragged across concrete yet i will at some point um, so I can't speak to that at all, but I know you were not a big fan of that movie, <laughs> as we discussed on Phil Bookcast a little while back. But yeah, other other scenes in the movie. Uh, what do you think of the uh, the scenes with Ethan Suplee in this movie? Uh, basically, both scenes are just him playing Russian roulette, and that's it. Like, that's the entire. <laughs> that's all his character does. That's all I need, really, to and know he's, that he's a he's, psychopath. Yeah, and he's so enthusiastic about it too. Both yeah. times. I mean, he's he's a detective. He works for the police, and right. you know, Elijah Woods. Like the first scene, Elijah Woods shows up. And he asks him for, like, a favor or something. I forget what it is. But he shows up, asks Ethan Spliff for a favor, and it's like, oh, you want that? Why don't we play a... Why don't we flip for it or something? And he, like, pulls out a gun and just starts doing the Russian roulette thing and just, like, um, aims it at himself. And he's like... And Elijah Wood just, like, freaking out. What the fuck is <laughs> yeah. happening? And I was kind of doing the same thing because, like, it came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, then, and then he reveals that, like, he... Did, there was no bullet in the gun anyway. He was just messing with Elijah Wood. And then the second time he does it, it seems like there's an actual bullet in the gun. Or else he's still... Me- or, I mean, maybe the, maybe it's not, but he's still just messing around as if there is and that kind of thing. But that, that time he's actually like, threatening other people outside of Elijah Wood. Too. Yeah. Um, and that's like, holy shit, this guy's... He's insane. It's absolute insanity. Yeah. I mean, this movie also feels like a heavy indictment of the police. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where we, we show them, uh, you know, it's it's like... 
almost super troopers esque where they're like smoking weed and like <laughs> fucking around at the crime scene and like not paying attention. There's that scene at the very beginning when Cage is talking to uh his like commanding officer about like we need this this like mobile evidence lab and the guy like runs out of the house behind them, like in between them in the back of the frame. Right. Yes, uh, and they don't they don't notice the suspect fleeing and like that whole thing. <laughs> Uh, and we see uh, it, uh, what's, what's his name? The guy, the Russian roulette actor, uh, Ethan Suplee, the guy who played Randy on My Name Is Earl. Yes, him. <laughs> uh, Elijah Wood needs money. He's like trying to take out a loan, and they go like bust a drug ring, but just take some of the money and leave them there. Clearly, this is like a thing he does to these people, right? Uh, he's like, just follow my lead. Don't worry. Uh, you know, like <laughs> these guys are so crooked. Uh, um, I don't know. It's just it's surprisingly in- intense. Yeah, and I think that's part of what makes Cage's character work. Is that it seems like he hasn't really been crooked in the past. He's kind of just trying it out, and he decides that he likes it and, <laughs> and goes further into it. You yeah. know what I mean? He's like, yeah, everybody else is crooked. Let's see it. Let's see how I do here. You know. Uh, meanwhile, Elijah Wood just so like disaffected from it all. He's not like crooked, but he's like. You know, incompetent. I guess would be the would, would yeah. be the word. Go through uh, the motions. Yeah, he said he has one line uh, in the movie where um, when Cage like first like enlists him, and he says, "I truly have nothing better to do, and I despise my job." So sure, let's let's do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like that's great. So I, I love like how much he doesn't care, and almost I like the arc that he takes in the movie as a result. Like he goes from somebody who doesn't give a shit about his job or anything to somebody who kind of develops a moral conscience uh, over, yeah. by the end of the movie. Uh, which is interesting, and he dies because of it. But like he, <laughs> but there right. is that, uh, which is interesting. Uh, what do you, uh, you think of the scene where uh, Cage develops that homemade bomb? We haven't really talked about that yet. Oh, when the after the drill breaks. Um, yeah, after the after the drill breaks. Which, by the way, there's one there's one line. Um, I think it's right when they start and they start using the drill, and Cage says like, uh, and Cage says something like, "Well, you know the drill," and <laughs> and it's like just a little pre heist joke to <laughs> lighten the mood. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I like uh, – so, so, yeah, he, he kind of takes the gunpowder out of his bullets and puts them in, like, a, a prescription pill bottle. And yeah. And puts, like, a cable in it so that when he, you know, touches to the battery, it sets off the gunpowder and stuff. That was pretty badass. It, it was, was pretty crazy. awesome. It was a very MacGyver-type thing uh, going yeah. on there. Uh, and I, lo- I love the shot where it's, like, Elijah Wood leaving the apartment. And he's, like, watching just to see – like, like watching and trying to make sure nothing happens. And you just he- – like, you feel, like, this kind of small boom and you see, like, this big flash of white light. Yeah. Uh, from inside the apartment, and then you just hear like a smoke alarm going off, and it's like, oh crap! Did he, like, did he just kill himself? Like... <laughs> and then we get the great fake out where he goes back in, and he's like calling his name, and he goes up to Cage, and he's like, yes. "Are you no, no?" And he's like, "Ah!" And he jumps up and scares him. It's like, <laughs> yes, so that was that's great. It reminded me actually a lot of uh, National Treasure Two, where there's that same gag in, uh, in that movie where um, Cage puts his his hand in the in the rock. <laughs> Yeah, and, that's and, right. he starts, and he starts screaming. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist." And, <laughs> but yeah, also, I, lo- I love the way he he describes right before he does the bomb. He just he's like trying to describe what his plan is, and he says like, "Well, I have an idea, but it's it's kind of wacky." <laughs> you know, it's one, it's there's so many great Cage line readings in this movie. It's a, it's really like this underrated gem of the directed video uh, Cage yeah. era. It's pretty it great. Really is. I love this movie a lot, actually. I'm glad. I'm really <laughs> glad. Uh, other, any other like really funny moments that you wanted to just uh, throw out there? I also wanted to just briefly mention there's the one line when they're doing the tape thing, like measuring out the plan in tape, and um, Cage, Cage sees like a like a weird like aberration in the things. Like, hey, what's this? And it's like and Elijah looks at it. It's like, oh, that's when a bee flew in my face, and I had to run around. <laughs> had to run around. <laughs> so it's a little bit off so there. Good. Yeah, this is, it's like a surprisingly sharp 
goofy script for yes. this dark crime drama. It really is. Like, I, I really was not expecting... Like, I, I, I had seen the trailer when this had first come out, and I remember seeing the trailer and being like, this actually looks pretty... I, I thought the trailer made it look pretty good. Um, but it didn't... I, I don't think it really reflected, like, how much of a comedy this was. It really... Like, it was really selling the fact that it was a crazy cage performance. That was, like, the main thing. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, and there is a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of that in here, but also there's a lot of... Like, there's a lot more to it than just crazy cage performance. That's, like, the icing on the cake, almost. Uh, which is nice, but I also speaking of Cage, I do love that uh, that scene where they're they were like reviewing security footage, uh, <laughs> and he's talking to the security guy, and they start they mention something about like a sandwich shop, and they just start getting in a conversation about like their favorite sandwich shop. <laughs> yeah, for like a minute and a half, like it's 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 and good... it, it almost seems like they go through the security footage to find out what shop that is because there's yes. no point to that. There's like okay, pause <laughs> it, okay, rewind it, okay, and then they like he's like that's it. That's Pete's down the block, right? And, like, they figure, like, <laughs> or whatever the name of the place is. Right. Uh, and it makes it seem like that's the whole reason they're in there is just to figure out what this, like, cheesesteak shop is. <laughs> yeah, they're sort of arguing about, like, the best consistency of cheese and that kind of yeah. thing on the cheesesteak. It's great. And then later when they're doing the heist, um, Cage and Elijah Wood are eating sandwiches. And at one, Cage, like, gags at some point, And so Elijah was like, whoa, what's wrong? So they changed the recipe. Uh, it's different now. And then he, like, pauses for a second. But I like it. And like, <laughs> 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 just, <sighs> It's great. It's it, it, the trust. It's a delight. It's a delight yeah. of a movie, and it's you know it's it's often very dark and it's often very violent, but it's also delightful. Uh, it's there's so <laughs> much funny lines. It really does feel like it's. I, I'm not going to say it like fully reaches Coen Brothers like level of you know no. like I mean Coen Brothers like a league of their own and that kind of thing. But like you know as far as like you know B level Coen Brothers stuff go, like this is this is this is solid stuff. Yeah, as far uh, as a Coen Brothers ripoff can go. This exactly. goes there. This goes there, for sure. Uh, before we wrap up, I mean, Jerry Lewis in this movie, obviously, is, uh, I guess, his final performance. Uh, what did you think of the, the one minute of screen time that Jerry Lewis had? Um, just like, what you doing, man? Like, what's going on? <laughs> he's fine. Like, he, he's, yeah, he's, he's there. He's, he's fine. I, I think it really is just like Cage really wanted to make a movie with Jerry Lewis, and they're like, all right, well, we'll let him on. Sure. That's Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, like you're not going to say no to having Jerry Lewis in your movie also. No, That's, definitely not. You're a legend at that point. But yeah, but I mean, I think it's interesting the way it seems like they play around with the idea that Jerry Lewis has like Alzheimer's or something like that, uh, to that effect. Uh, oh, maybe, yeah. And Elijah Wood kind of like makes a comment about it, and Cage says something like, "Yeah, he's having one of his good days, or one of, one of his good days, and that kind of thing," uh, which I thought was an interesting kind of add on to Cage's character. Um, I'm not really sure if it added that much to the movie, but it's a, it's an interesting kind of side bit to it. Yeah, it, it's at least a. a... Uh, another like one of those Mister X where he seems like just this kind of guy trying to be a good cop, right? I know Jerry. There's a couple times where Jerry Lewis he asks him to like review one of the files, and he's like, "Well, what would a good cop do?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, he's just trying to be a good guy, you know." And then yes. it turns out he's a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that is the trust, and uh, it's actually available on Netflix right now. If anyone, if anybody wants to check it out, that's how I watched it. Uh, and it's it's worth watching for sure. It's it's really like like I said, an underrated gem of the uh, the Nicolas Cage video on demand era. Uh, so is there anything, any other last scenes you want to talk about, Mike, or should we move on to uh, letterbox reviews? Um, no, I think that's it. What, uh, what do the other people have to say? Let's see. I only got a few this time around, but uh, here we go. A four star review of the trust from Letterbox, which reads. A VOD Nicolas Cage movie? Pshaw, you say, like the fucking asshole you are. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is a good Cage movie. Maybe his best starring role since Joe, or possibly even Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans. This one's The Trust, where he stars opposite Elijah Wood. You may have heard of that guy. And they play two crumbum loser cops who decide to rob a vault and split the co- and split the country. If that sounds elegant in its simplicity, then you'd be right. It's a straightforward crime picture that runs 90 minutes and has a tense heist sequence and a couple of dark twists and a scene where Nick Cage screams, Open it! 40 times at the top of his lungs. <laughs> the director's two brothers named Something and Something Brewer, never heard of these guys, uh, infused the film with Cohen-esque black comedy charm, like little moments where Cage muses about how interesting an ashtray at a crime scene is. <laughs> uh, and an endearingly grimy 70s-style setting around the Vegas Strip. I was pleasantly surprised by this motion picture. As far as heist movies go, this isn't Rafifi or some shit, and it's not going cha- to change your life, but you do get to see Nick Cage with a mustache talk to Jerry Lewis, which is pretty cool. Thumbs up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's not Rafifi or some shit, but it is pretty cool. <laughs> I love that, like the highbrow reference of Rafifi, and then or some shit. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Uh, here's a three star review of the Trust, which reads: uh, "Kind of worth watching, just to remind yourself that Nick Cage can actually be a, a quiet, restrained actor. Besides that, it's actually a fairly good small time heist movie that gets progressively darker and more high stakes as it goes. At first, I totally refused to suspend my disbelief that Elijah Wood was playing a police officer, <laughs> but, but he's actually playing an easily bullied tiny cop <laughs> who, who logs at cigarette butts and can't lift bags, so it kind of checks out. <laughs> I forgot about that scene. <laughs> Uh, here's a two-star review of the Trust and Letterboxd, which reads, uh, This is a film. I watched it. Uh, it did nothing I cared for, but two things. One, it added a precious extra 90 minutes to the Nick Cage canon. <laughs> and two, it added Elijah Wood saying, Are we fucked? <laughs> to, to the lines I wish Frodo had said canon. <laughs> and really, I think Lord of the Rings would have been a better movie if... If at yes. some point Frodo just turned to Sam and was like, yo, are we, are we fucked? <laughs> are we fucked, Sam? Uh, and finally, here's a four-star review from Letterboxd, uh, which is just uh, one, it's, it's a sentence fragment, essentially. The Nice Guys, directed by Jeremy Saulnier. <laughs> yo! <laughs> that is the fucking perfect. <laughs> I knew you would love that. I saw that and I was like, that's a, that's a mic review right there. I'm amazed that wasn't you who wrote it, actually. (laughs) You can't prove that it's not. That's true. Uh, That's a good point. (laughs) That blows my mind. Holy shit. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, that is a a wrap on our episode on The Trust. I really wish there was, like, a series of movies uh, that we we could review. Uh, Even even just to answer the questions about what Sky Ferreira's character is up to uh, (laughs) during this movie. But I would love to see, like, you know, maybe a prequel about Nicolas Cage and Elijah Wood or something. I mean, that wouldn't really make sense because they get together for the first time in this movie. (laughs) Right. But they they like worked together before this. I don't know. We'll figure something out. We'll workshop something. They yeah. come back from the dead, and fig- we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll use the time stone from Avengers: Infinity War, <laughs> and we'll mess around. But anyway, that is the trust. It's available on Netflix right now. Uh, highly recommended, I think, by both of us. Yeah, uh, good stuff for sure. For sure. Uh, all right, Mike. That wraps it up for today. Where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter. And you can find me at uh, M. Smith Film Blog on Twitter and the back catalog of our podcast over at filmbook.com. And this one and all of our future podcasts are going to be over at uh, rapture.press when that site is up and running. We're definitely 
excited about that. Uh, thank you so much for listening to The Complete Works. I'm Mike Smith. That is Mike DeGrisho. If you're listening on iTunes, or even if you're not, uh, make sure to rate and review us. Five stars would be great. Uh, and tell people you know about the show if you can. And if you want to contact us, do so by emailing NicholasCageCompleteWorks at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Now join us for the next Complete Works, uh, where we're talking Nicholas Cage Nicholas Cage's reunion with director Oliver Stone for a supporting role in Snowden, the uh, Edward Snowden biopic starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Wow! Uh, yeah, that was a, that was a mainstream release. That was in theaters. Remember that? I movie? remember that movie. <laughs> did you see that movie when it came out? I did not, but Neither I definitely I. remember hearing about it. Yes, it was definitely it was like October 2016, and I believe it was like trying to position itself to get nominated for awards, and it didn't. But. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll, see how, we'll see how it goes, for sure. Uh, plus, keep an eye out for the uh, first episode of Mike and Mike Go to the Movies, where we're going to be doing a deep dive on Detective Pikachu. <sighs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't sound as excited as maybe I feel like you should be, but <laughs> All I know is I basically had a mental breakdown the day that trailer dropped, <laughs> yes. and I'm so scared it's going to happen again. <laughs> I remember that. I'm, that's, honestly, it's partially the reason I wanted to review it with you, just to see, <laughs> just to see what your reaction would be. Oh, it's uh, going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, our buddy Colin will be joining us for that one, who is a, a big Pokemon nerd as well, so uh, he'll, he'll be our resident Pokemon expert, because yes. uh, I, I was a Pokemon nerd back in the day. Although I was a bigger Digimon nerd, I was I was that Whoa. kid. Um, but but of course I loved Pokemon when I was a kid. Um, but I, I eventually kind of outgrew it. I think the last Pokemon game I played was like Pokemon Ruby, which was like third generation. Now they're on like nine or ten. So you know, Begone, I'm, peasant. I'm, I am way outside the realm of the Pokemon world at this point. So I'm very excited to see what Detective Pikachu will bring for us. Yeah, uh, we'll see how right. that goes. But yeah, Colin's so we'll... going to be a, a good guest. He's a card carrying Pokemon. <laughs> I, I believe a Pokedex actually would be the. the... Well, okay. Right. Isn't that, that's, You're not wrong. Yeah. I just wanted to make a Pokemon joke. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Detective Pikachu, Mike might go to the movies next week, our first episode. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and thanks for getting in the cage.